Welcome to Boston's Best, a podcast where you go behind the scenes with financial planner Mark Condon as he asks industry-leading experts in and around Boston to talk about their businesses. Mark will find out what sets these companies apart from their competition and how they have risen above the inevitable challenges they have faced along the way to their ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Mark Condon. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode 60 of Boston's Best. The goal of this podcast is to highlight businesses in and around Boston. My guest on today's podcast is David Verdon. David is the owner of Verdon Benefits. Verdon Benefits is a full-service insurance benefits provider. David helps you with your typical health, dental, and vision insurance, as well as cancer protection and critical illness insurance. I never knew there was a cancer protection insurance policy. That's pretty cool. David founded his company in 2017, and he's been thriving ever since. David talks with us about how he worked in marketing for many years for the Boston Beer Company before getting into the insurance industry. David also shares with us that his dad was diagnosed with ALS, and this is the reason he does what he does. You're not going to find someone with a much bigger why than David. He wants to shatter your image of a sleazy insurance salesman. He prides himself on being ethical and protecting your paycheck if something were to happen to you. In this episode, we talk in-depth about the full suite of services Verdon Benefits provides. David pivoted a little bit during COVID when it came to networking, but truly believes that in-person networking is where the magic happens with strong relationships. And be sure to listen to the end. As David shares the advice to anyone looking to start their own business, what he would tell his 18-year-old self, and how he defines success in any given year. And so with that introduction, I hope you enjoy this episode of Boston's Best. Good morning. This week, we have David Verdon. David is the owner of Verdon Benefits. How are you doing, man? I'm very well, Mark. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Excited to have you on Boston's Best. Thanks for coming on. Before we get into... For Verdon Benefits themselves, tell us a little bit about you. Did you grow up in Massachusetts? Are you from here? Are you a local? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Massachusetts native. My parents were not. Uh, my dad grew up in Cleveland, moved to Southern California, where my mom was a native when he was about 12. They were high school sweethearts. They graduated from Denver University. And okay. he told her, let's head east for a couple of years, is what he said. And uh, that is... Um, you know, 50 years ago, my mom's still on the East Coast, and uh, that's the story. So uh, North Shore of Boston is where I grew up. <laughs> nice. Okay. So wh- where are you based out of? So right now, um, I'm in my Danvers, Massachusetts office. I'm licensed all over New England, yeah. but this is my hub. Uh, this is where I operate from, and and um, happy happy to have a, a list of the clients I'm working with. So before you got into, before you started your own company, I'm always curious about mm, how that sure. ended up happening. What, where were you at before? What were you doing before then? Yeah, my life preceding what I do now was always as a W-2 guy in the consumer goods marketing world. So just as a couple of highlights along the way, I was at different times at a couple of the bigger ad agencies in Boston, um, working on clients like Dunkin' Donuts, and Volkswagen. I uh, did a, a pretty long stint at the Boston Beer Company as a marketing manager over there, uh, marketing their delicious beers. Yeah. You know, through a series of different twists and turns, I discovered the opportunity to go out on my own. Um, and really what I love about what I do as a benefits advisor, is it just allowed me to you know, help people with the most, uh, you know, when they are in their, their most vulnerable times. And that really resonated with, with what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to ask, how did you get in from marketing to the insurance? That doesn't seem like a natural <laughs> transition. Well, the funny thing is, as a as a marketing guy for twenty something years, I was constantly peppered with 
you know, interview requests from insurance companies. And let's just be honest, the, the, the image of an insurance agent yeah. with no, with no disparagement intended towards used car salespeople, but you know, we don't, insurance people don't have the greatest image in people's no. minds. And so for years, I always would say, no, I, that's not something I want to do. Yeah. But I think the reason why they often go for marketing people is just their, their, their ability to talk to people, to make phone calls, to present to large groups. It was a layoff that I'll, I'll be really honest with you, okay. that, that spurred me to look around and go, okay, what do I want to do now? And, uh, and the opportunity presented itself to, you know, here's what I, here's what I loved about it is I can, I can, as a independent agent, I can yep. control my own schedule, which for, for a number of years allowed me to coach my kids and athletic teams and so forth. I can, I can control my own success if you define it by, you know, the money you make, right. because the, the effort I put in helps dictate uh, what that's all about. Right. Uh, and I've already touched on it, but the, the ability to help people is just, is, it was a, a third, just, I, I often make it the third thing, but it should be number one because I really, really, really mean that in my business. The products I, I offer um, are can be the savior for folks when they're in a tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, was there a transition period when, did you work for another insurance company on your own before you started your own or did you just come out and start your own? I started um, working as a, as a non-captive independent agent for one of the supplemental benefits of the, you know, companies out there. Um, and, and the key there is non-captive. Um, so I, I hit the ground running, uh, quickly learned that I could build my own little ship uh, under Verdant Benefits with the, the various, with multiple partners with whom I want to work to be, able to, to be able to offer, you know, individuals as well as business owners, uh, the, the, the exact right product that fits them perfectly and so that's what i've i've built under the uh the verdant benefits umbrella okay okay so and so what year did you officially open verdant benefits yeah 2017 was uh when when i when i started and uh it's it's been a it's been a a, a tough ride covid was certainly tough yeah we'll get into that yeah. <laughs> i know that we will but um we're really happy to be doing what i'm doing so yeah so was there like a specific moment where you're like hey like i'm just going to do this on my own now what was that like what was that realization Again, it was it was somewhat of a forced issue with a layoff, but immediately okay. I, I immediately I recognized entrepreneurship as something I wanted to pursue. It was something my father had done when I was a younger person. I think coming out of college, I fell into that into the the grind of the W two world, working for somebody else just naturally. But when the opportunity presented itself uh, at the at the age I was at that time, it just it it a bell went off in my head. Like, hey, let me I'm going to do this on my own. You know, no one no one's looking out for me more than me. So let's just yeah, go right. do this. Yeah. So that's really what was the driver there. No, yeah, my father told me when I was younger, I think it was like 21. He's like, if you ever make, want to make money in this world, be your own boss. Like work for yourself. Don't be, don't be a W-2. You know, if, if somebody has expendable money to pay you, that makes you, you know, you're expendable, right? So that's, I've kind of, that I've kind of taken that for the last 15 years or so and turned that into my own businesses as well. So okay, I can certainly appreciate that. So what are some of the early successes that you experienced when you started Verdon Benefits? And then keep trying to keep the list short. What are some of the early challenges that you face starting your own company? Sure. 
my early successes, you, you can point to, I can point towards these clients that I had to fight hard for to, to, you know, you know, they say in sales, it takes how many touches and 14 or something like that. <laughs> finally, yeah. to finally, at least with the app, <laughs> you know, the average, but you know, some of those big wins related on the, on the flip side of that is once I have my clients, you know, my commitment to them is I'm always one phone call away and I can point, I can point towards some really big claims I help folks with, you know, whether it be a cancer protection policy or, you know, short-term disability that kicked in for a particular client of mine when he flipped his truck and was out of work for a while. You know, those, that's really what sticks out in my mind as, as success for me. And, you know, the challenges, challenges are, <laughs> they can be the the client that for whatever reason decides to not work with you anymore for nothing for no reason for no at no fault of my own I, right. I can't point to anything but but somebody somebody came along on the backside and presented them something different and like a, the cousin all of a sudden started doing what I do and they want to work with yeah. the, that cousin you know we we touched on touched on COVID a little bit but for in my business the the in person education consultation is is the most effective tool and when that was taken away and we had to go to zoom and to some other other technologies um the the success percentage just dwindled i mean because it just is not as effective and so you know that's a that's an example of a of a recent one that affected anybody in 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 a field similar to mine of course but thankfully it looks like hopefully we're, we're coming out of it i've got a You've got a, 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 you can basically divide my client list into two groups. There's the ones that say, come on out, let's, let's talk, you know, and then there's the, and then there's the other half that is, that is, you know, wants to still do it via Zoom, but it's, it's improving, thankfully. Yeah, I think, I don't want to, you know, too excited, but I think we're at that point where everybody's, I think we're getting to that point, (laughs) fingers crossed. So let's get into burden benefits itself. What is the full suite of services and products that you offer your clients? All right. So I am a both a health insurance and supplemental insurance broker. So I say my bucket one is is the health insurance that I can do for companies in Massachusetts and Maine. I focus on the small to medium-sized companies for whom large brokers kind of don't even look, won't even service them because they think they're too small. Yeah. I really like to I really like focusing on that. Here in Massachusetts, I, I help the individual who seeks mass uh, excuse me, health insurance as well. Okay. That's solo that's solo who needs the, the health protection? The I've got a few divorcees I'm I'm working with right now because in divorce proceedings, uh, one of the two often comes out without any health insurance. So you know that's an example. My second bucket is the supplemental benefits uh, bucket, and that's I work with multiple providers again from from Maine to Virginia, really. In that these are pro- these are products including short term disability accident protection, cancer protection, critical illness protection, dental, vision, uh, life insurance. These are products that a, that a company can choose to offer at no cost to the business if that's how they choose to do it. It's it, it's a very, very effective tool. Yeah. And, and right now, it's particularly relevant, a very, very effective tool to for the retainment and recruitment of employees. And small to medium-sized companies, although I've got a handful of larger companies where these products work as well, but for the small to medium-sized companies who see benefits as a cost-prohibitive pain in the butt, 
Um, this is a solution that can can really at no cost to them if they choose that to be bringing in a suite of products as voluntary benefits to the employees. The employees raise their hands if they want them, if they see a, a fit. But the business owner immediately has this benefits package they can point to when recruiting new employees. Right. And, it, and it keeps the existing employees happy. That's the, the, the value that I, I bring to my clients. What do you, what is considered that small or medium sized company? Like how many employees? I can work with the solopreneur and upward, but that small to medium typically is the five to 50 employee size. You know, I work with a couple uh, over a hundred employee size companies where they have existing benefits packages, but there are some holes in that package, especially when we're talking about high deductible health insurance, a a cancer protection plan and an accident protection plan fills some really good gaps in those, in those existing benefit packages. Okay. So what is, can you explain to me the difference between the cancer protection package? And then you said critical illness as well. Like what, what, what's the right. difference between those two? Yep. Yeah. I mean, cause cancer can be considered a critical illness certainly. Right. But yeah. um, one of the, the a, a cancer protection product was, has been around for years and has evolved to really become it's built you know, through my multiple providers. It's built to really help guide someone through a cancer treatment journey because cancer can bankrupt individuals and families and this is a this is a product that can really if there's there's certainly an emotional toll that is that occurs when a cancer diagnosis is yeah. is laid on somebody you know and then unfortunately because of deductibles and co-insurance and co-pays and, and other things there's a lot of out-of-pocket spending uh, even with health insurance and so a supplemental product will pay the insured directly to help knock that down a critical illness policy right out of the box is for heart attack, stroke, paralysis, and stage renal failure, and a few others. You know, the product that I you know, bring most to the table for folks is a, is a lump sum critical illness policy that can pay a, a, a chosen lump sum in the event of one of those of one of those health events. So just because cancer cancer is a is a monster of on its own, I, I personally have family. I just learned uh, last week, a very good friend of mine, his wife was just diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. Cancer is unfortunately everywhere. The cancer protection policy is is arguably one of my, is, is the product that I get the most just charge out of helping somebody with because, yeah. it, 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 you know, that cancer, the cancer journey from, from diagnosis through the treatments is yeah. tough. And to be able to, to alleviate some of that financial stress is just, is, is so helpful to these folks and, and makes me feel good about what I do. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, yeah, you're right. Cancer is everywhere now. Is there like, what's the, what's the I don't know, underwriting approval process for something like that? Like, you know, is it mm-hmm. a typical health exam type of thing or is it different than, you know, say a life insurance policy? On a cancer policy, most of my carriers with whom I work will will last for approximately a five year look back. Okay. You know, for any for any cancer or cancer treatments in the previous five years, a direct cancer policy has a has a longer look back. But um, on a on a on a on a critical illness, there's a you know, just like on disability, there's a one year pre existing condition look back. So anything in that year preceding you know, the enrollment or the effective date, you know, is going to affect one's ability to apply for this for this stuff. Not unlike, you know, not unlike life insurance in that regard, for sure. Right. Yeah. OK. No, I never heard of a cancer protection policy. So I, was just, I hear that from a lot of people. Yes. I really hear that. From, I, when I did talk to my friend, the one who told me his wife was just diagnosed with stage four brain cancer, he 
I said, oh, I'm, man, I'm sorry. I, I'm working with a, a couple different people right now on, on similar uh, with my cancer plan. And he said, oh, sh- I don't I don't think I can get that for her now, can I? And I he had to say, it's not something we can do after the fact. It's like, you know, ask any car insurance agent, you know, you can't call you can't call them from the accident scene, the car accident scene and say, hey, can I up my up my coverage? All the, you know, the, a cancer protection plan, critical illness, accident protection, all these products, uh, what I call them is affordable, practical peace of mind. Yeah. And the, they, they, they are also able to protect spouse and children up to age 26 too. So, you know, okay. on that, on that accident policy, for example, I'm getting calls weekly for, for the kids, you know, the, the trampoline accident or the yeah. skateboard accident or the yeah. fallout of the tree accident. And with the, with any parent will tell you that that ER visit, uh, that urgent care visit, there's a copay, man. Oh, and yeah. it's, and it's oftentimes it's a hefty one. And the design of an accident policy is to pay the, the insured directly. Directly to help knock that down. We, the whole the goal of all these products is just is to keep someone financially whole when they when this stuff happens because it does happen. Right, right. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the insurance business is it's always interesting to me because you get auto insurance, you get home insurance, you're forced to get those things, right? And people are like, oh, they just accept that they got to pay 100, 200 bucks a month or whatever it may be. But these type of insurances, everyone's majority of people seem to be reactive instead of proactive. Not too many people, you're, but, you know. You're, so right. Yeah. I say just building on that, you know, disability, short-term disability is perhaps one of the most practical things I offer. And building on what you just said there, we do here in Massachusetts, we we're forced to insure our cars, but we insure our cars, we insure our boats, we insure our homes, we insure our toys. I say insure the paycheck that that protect that that, that affords all of that. In that it's the it's the it's the paycheck. I say, you know, a tagline on my business is that I help protect paychecks and preserve lifestyles. A paycheck is the is what affords us our lifestyle. And when one's ability is to earn that paycheck is put on pause that, you know, that's where it gets dicey. And the, the, the most, the mo- the vast majority of short-term disability I do is like a three month or a six month coverage because most of the people have a misconception about disability. They're thinking disability is something that takes them out of the ability to work for the rest of their life. And there is long-term disability for that right. certainly. And there's SSDI as yeah. well, but the majority of these, it's a car accident or it's a fall off the ladder at home or it's a something that is going to knock someone out for three, maybe six months. And that's the the affordable short term disability that I offer can be the savior for those things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a great point. I think it's a great point. Uh, that's why people like you are around. <laughs> Oftentimes you don't know you need it until you need it. And that's, yeah. the, that's the bummer thing. No, unfortunately. So I guess, you know, just building off of that a little bit, is there a client that's impacted you in some way over the last four years, like the first client that comes to your mind through like a specific situation? Absolutely. In fact, it's, it's relatively recent. Um, So one of my client, one of my clients is a collision repair, uh, multi-location shop in the Boston area. Winter of 2019, one of the guys who works in the paint shop signed up for a cancer protection plan. And about a year later, uh, he uh, developed lung cancer. Um, November of last year is when he got diagnosed. And this guy's my age. He's you know about 48 years old. He's wow. a hard work, hard working dude. 
He's, you know, he's just a sturdy, strong individual. And I've been helping him since November to get him paid on this cancer protection plan. And, and a couple, few months ago, he calls me and says, listen, my scanner isn't working. I can't, I don't have any ability to send you the, because what happens is with the cancer, they're, they're sending me their treatment notes and I'm put, I'm helping put them in for the claims. And I said, Hey, no problem. I'm out. I'm out and about. I'll just swing by the house. You know, you meet me in the driveway and, and uh, I'll, I'll take him from you. And, yeah. he, and, and we did exactly that. And this tough, strong guy handed me the paperwork in his driveway with near tears in his eyes and said, thank you. Thank wow. you for helping keep the roof over my head and the food on my table. Because wow. that is what the, that's the power of these products. Again, affordable, practical peace of mind. Because we don't plan on any of this stuff happening. That to me is has left a mark on me, you know, from that day. And I just it makes me proud of what I can what I can do pe- for people. Yeah. Um, and we're we're helping keep he's got three or four kids and and we're the money that's getting paid to him is is keeping him, you know, sustaining him. And that's yeah. That's what makes me happy. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's amazing. The insurance business always has, obviously has some morbid conversations, but let's get to the, let's get to the fun stuff, right? So like how did, when you started the business, how do you market yourself? Come, we come from a marketing background. What have you found to be, sounds like you like the in-person stuff a lot more. How do you, how have you found to be a good source of marketing versus a bad source of marketing? My chosen, the, the, the primary method that I market Verdon Benefits is networking. Um, I do, I, you know, and COVID threw all that onto zoom, but, you know, I do a whole series of, of, of specific groups. I just, I believe in the power of, of, you know, there's a, there's a large, one of the larger um, networking groups out there calls it givers game. And it's just the, um, I get a, a serious charge out of meeting people, finding out what they do, finding out, you know, what makes a good client for them as I, as I'm able to do, I like sending them people that they, you know, their way. And I, and I like the, I legitimately don't feel that needs to come back to me immediately. I like the, I just think karma is going to bring that about around again. It's something even back to me in another time. And, and that's been my primary, primary um, method of, of, of growing my business. I do I do a, a a certain amount of cold calling. I do a certain amount of door knocking. But I'm I'm just trying. I try my best just to get the word out there about what the services I can offer. And yeah. you know, it's, it resonates uh, where it resonates. Yeah, kudos to you. A lot of people don't enjoy the uh, the cold cocking, cold cold calling <laughs> conversations. You know? No, no. I mean, and it's not my favorite. I mean. Yeah. But there's um, in the insurance world, there's far too many uh, folks making those phone calls. You, you're likely going to be the fourth one to call that day and it yeah. doesn't go very well. I like the in-person. I like the door docking much better. I like the warm lead that comes from the networking right. that I do. Certainly, obviously, is, 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 a, is a much yeah. more pleasant experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, because like this day and age, too, not as many people. I don't know about you, but I don't pick up calls from numbers I don't recognize if you know if it's somebody that's absolutely right you know it's absolutely right if they leave a voicemail it's probably a reason why they left the voicemail then I'll call them back but if I see a number I don't know like it's not no it's just different now not too many people you know pick up calls from numbers they don't recognize you know so exactly exactly and there's you know I concentrate on the customer service angle of my business I will go to that guy's driveway and grab his paperwork and you know from that naturally comes um referrals and yeah. that's that's how I'm that's how I choose to to run my my shop for sure 
Yeah. So how do you, so, I mean, life's obviously crazy busy right now. How do you, how do you manage your calendar with the never ending demands? You know, client <laughs> like customer service calls, prospecting, tracing sure. business. You, you said you got kids. Like, how do you, yeah, you know, it's a lot. How does, how do you manage that? I live and die by a couple of different calendars. You know, there's yeah. the, there's the Verdant Benefits calendar through which I use Calendly with, with, yep. with prospects and clients to help schedule time. A lot of parents will tell you that there's the home calendar too. And it used to be, it used to be the calendar uh, dry erase board up on the back of the, you know, kitchen pantry door. Yep. Uh, now it's just, now it's the, the smartphone calendar where I'm at, you know, my wife is putting stuff in there about the kids camps or the kids, this I'm putting stuff in there about the networking meeting I'm going to. That's how, that's how I know, what she's doing, that's how she knows yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> because I, my kids are now 15 and 12. I mean, we barely have we barely have time to even talk to one another. So yeah, yeah you know, for me, it's um and and sort of getting a little bit more granular. My day is my day is typically prospecting nine-ish to four. I, I do a lot of my admin early, early morning or or evening. Yeah. And that's that's how I, I try to manage it as best I can. Now, there's the there's the frantic call you get from a client to Dave, I just crashed my boat into so and so. What do I what, what coverages do I have again? <laughs> uh, yeah. And and I'll, of course, I'll take those calls in, in the middle of the day. But that's generally how I try to, to frame it. Yeah, no, it's tough. I before I got into my industry, you know, I'm in the fifth year now. I just I never had a calendar that I would go like go by i did i wasn't you know i didn't use really a computer or like you know outlook or anything like that with my previous job and now yeah i can't everything is on there you know i gotta build in those buffers so my internal doesn't doesn't schedule any client meetings so if i'm if i have to drive somewhere i gotta build in like you know the 30 minutes of drive time beforehand and after yep. it's like i've never had to do this now i'm just <laughs> i live and die by my calendar my wife yeah my wife is pregnant you know she's due at the end of october so once pretty soon we're going to be syncing up our calendars, you know, she has her, she works, I work. And then at the end of the night, it's just right. two of us, but when we're going to start managing, <laughs> yeah, you know, it does little change. Ones, yeah, we're going to have to start uh, managing our calendars together and coordinating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a whole different world. <laughs> going back to the marketing piece, do you, how have you marketed differently over the last 18 months or so due to COVID? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a challenge. I mean, my networking continued, albeit via via Zoom and other yeah. similar means. Whenever you know, I'm I'm very grateful for you having me on your podcast. I, I jump at yeah. those, those opportunities, um, and I've done some others as well. You know, for me, there's a little bit of social media. Uh, I, I do I do manage you know business you know Instagram page, uh, business Facebook page, um, and I'll do I'll do a little advertising there. But generally, the things didn't change a ton because because networking did go on yeah. uh, throughout these times. So I tried, you know, just to be uh, there's this one particular uh, resource I have via networking that allows me to visit, you know, multiple, multiple different geographic areas. And with my licensing being you know, most of New England, you know, I was I was making extra efforts to get to a Providence meeting, get to yeah. a Western Mass meeting. Um, and just uh, and keep my you know that's the 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 key I think you know for for a business owner is to stay top of mind as best you can yeah. because you you go silent there you're going to be forgotten yeah. about very quickly yeah just like even you know from the business relationships you know same thing like you said with prospecting you could take like 14 touches on average you know but you know you got to do the same kind of strategy with 
you know, folks that send you business, right? You got to constantly just be top of mind and their go-to person when a situation presents itself. That, Absolutely. You know, that you're the, Absolutely. You're the go-to guy. Yeah. You know, and let's just be honest, you know, anybody who's pretty active out there knows uh, more than one benefits guy like me, yeah. or I, yeah. I know, I know 12 CPAs and I know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, six different payroll people. And so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta stay, stay in my, stay top of mind with those folks. What I love about having that, those resources, um, from a, from a giving perspective is I like matching referrals very much on personality type, yeah. ge- you know, geography, you know, and other things. So it gives me an opportunity to be able to to help my various CPAs send them business and same with my payroll people. But top of mind is, is absolutely key. So like you said, like everybody knows an insurance guy, right? So like, mm-hmm. what are uh, some common myths or misconceptions about the insurance industry? Well, I think they're, they're pretty, pretty well sort of known cliches. Here's, here's what I say is there's the there's the there's an image of a less than ethical insurance person whose yeah. only only goal is to to meet with you and try to upsell you on everything they have, yeah. and then with a maniacal laugh they walk out the door and leave smoking tire tracks in the parking lot never to see you again. That's a cartoon image that I think a lot of people have of yeah. insurance companies get a bad rap for not wanting to pay claims um, yeah. because they get a, a, a whole army of lawyers to go in and fight it. And I know, again, you know, four or five different personal injury lawyers who will tell you that tale. Yeah. You know, for me, for me, I take the the very, very consultative approach. I never try to make someone benefits rich, cash poor. I sit with I sit with that person and, and learn what what their challenges are. What what do they really need? And that's yeah. that's what we'll work together to put in place. And I've said it, but I I equip everybody who works with me is equipped with my phone number when they need anything. You know, they're calling me. And so when I work with businesses, you know, the, again, businesses can choose to bring in the supplemental stuff. And the, the promise I make the business owner is adding these products isn't going to add an, an administrative weight to you. What is undoubtedly you're already very busy yeah. play right there because the, the, the process is once he or she green lights me to go present to the employees, then it's I'm organizing those meetings. And again, when when anybody who enrolls needs something, it's I'm the phone call and, and they're not they're not having to go to the boss or the HR person in the company. For, you know, they're coming directly to me. So it can be a very, very uh, seamless process that we set up that in just a, a, all it's a win win for those businesses because it's right. not cost, it doesn't have to cost them anything. They don't have to deal with claims or any questions. Yeah, uh, that's how I choose to run run my business. Yeah, I think that's why you've been successful to this point. Like you legit care. Like, you know, you, that image of a car salesman or insurance salesman, sometimes that gets ahead of people. But like there's our people right. that actually care and genuinely want to help. And I think I think oh, you can yeah. tell that when you actually meet with people. It's just, you know, just the aura of like the insurance industry around you. You just have to break through that initial, you know, that initial wall and people understand the person behind it, which is you. Right, right. And I, if I may very quickly, I'll, I have a very... Very, very serious why as to why yeah. I really, really appreciate what I do um, and and love what I do in that uh, about 
goodness, the, the time goes by. But about 15 years ago, my father was diagnosed with a with a terminal illness called ALS or oh, wow. otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. And he was he was 56 at the time. And the way ALS moves is he was he was gone 22 months later, but he had he had in place through his employer and, and his own, you know, you know, his own, you know, uh, actions. He had disability. Okay. He had he had life insurance, both of which were supremely helpful to you know my mother and disability for while he was still living was was helping the you know uh, money come in. I saw firsthand the power of these benefits, and yeah. and so that's that's what I say is is you know the you don't need this stuff until you need it, but it's a it's these these products can be really really helpful to folks when the almost unimaginable happens and yeah. it doesn't have to be catastrophic it could be it could be the 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 small injury that or the, the torn acl that because of your your high deductible health plan at, at work is going to cost you three grand out of pocket and a uh, an accident protection plan for the cost of one coffee bagel stop a week at duncan yeah. is going is going to Put a, a huge chunk of that cash back in your pocket. So that, that's the consideration when when thinking about these products is, is how they can really help you when you need it most. Yeah, no, and I'm you know I'm sorry to hear. Thank you for sharing though. It's, I always love when people have a actually have a real strong why behind what. Oh yeah, they do. my my yeah. pleasure. It's it's yeah. you know the me doing what I'm doing now is driven very much by that why and you know again the entrepreneurial spirit my father had when I was a young person. And so I, I feel, you know, doing what I do now is re- reflective of the the hard worker he was and, 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 you know, what he, what he went through and my yeah. mother went through, I, I'm now helping people when they are in similar situations and, yeah. and they need it most. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the entrepreneurial part, do you ever picture yourself? I, I was uh, in, intrigued by this question because I think everybody's mm-hmm. different, but do you ever picture yourself like a hundred percent completely retiring outside of, you know, being physically or mentally incapable? Sure. And that's a good question. You know, so I, I've already mentioned I'm 48 years old. I mean, the, the landscape has changed dramatically uh, in general in that a lot of folks aren't retiring as, you know, as they used to 65 or what have you. Right. I don't know. I mean, as there's, there, I, I use the, I'll use this analogy is I do in at my house, I do, all the work I can do while I can still do it rather than pay someone else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's building, you know, last, I don't know, 18 or two years ago, I had to take a tree down and I spent seven weeks chopping that wood by ax by myself <laughs> because a, I, I, yeah, yeah. I got three and a half cords out of that bad boy. Um, it, to, for, to me, that's kind of therapeutic. I just like going out there and swinging an ax. Yeah. But, you know, I, I build the wall, rock walls around my property and, and, you know, obviously I or not obviously, but I mow my lawn and I do all that stuff because I can because I can do it. And why pay someone? And my 15 year old boy needs to step up. I'll be honest with you and start doing some <laughs> of this stuff. But that's a that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But I feel similar about work in that. I don't necessarily what I do now. I could I could do well past 65 yeah. because it's quote unquote, not heavy lifting. And right. it's uh, I legitimately really, really, I love helping people. Yeah. So now I, I haven't thought about it uh, simply because I got my head down, just growing my business, but it, it's a good question because yeah. I, it, a lot of people, um, 
I'd be, you know, a lot of people have a different answer to that question. I bet. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I think, I think I'll always have my hand in something because I just, you know, I get bored. I, you know, my wife and I went to Hawaii on a honeymoon and I got, I got bored after like a week, like, right, like right. don't get me wrong. It's gorgeous. But like seeing the same ocean every single day, she's like, all right, give me something else to do, you know? And I enjoy golf, but that's, you know, you can play two sure. rounds and it's only, you know, it's not even a half a day. So, yeah. but, oh, but on top of that, one thing I will say, you got to get your son to start mowing the lawn. I mean, I was mowing uh, my lawn when I was like 10, 12 years as, old, I think. So. As was I, to be honest. Yeah. And he's, he has done it a couple of times, but we need to get on a, we need to get on a consistent basis here. Yeah. Like I am proud of him this summer. He's working. He works at a, at a, at a, a restaurant near, uh-huh. near where we live. And so, you know, a lot of Saturday, like I'm tending to be doing this stuff on the Saturday, Sunday, and he's working a lot of those days, mm-hmm. not to say he couldn't do it on a Tuesday while I'm working. So we're going to yeah, get yeah. back to that. We're going to get, we're going to get that dialed in for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so outside of work and I guess chopping down a tree with an ax, what are some of the, <laughs> the hobbies that you enjoy doing when you're, when you're not working and growing the practice? Yeah, well. I, I love working with my hands. So I've done I've done a lot of stone projects around my property in terms of rock walls and fire pit and some other stuff like that. Earlier this summer, I took my kids on an annual camping trip. That's something that is a tradition of ours that my father did with us when I was a kid. It's something we call the three dads, six kids camping extravaganza because it's my it's it's me, my two kids, my brother, his two kids, and, our, and a friend with his two kids. And that's a fun, you know, I like the outdoors, hiking and, and, and camping, stuff like that. You know, you know that's, that's the type of stuff, you know. Really, the, those types of things with my kids is is it occupies a lot of my time these days. While they while they will still talk to me, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> we, my fifteen year olds, on the precipice perhaps of, of not there. talking to me for a few years, and uh, yeah, that's the type of stuff I like doing. That's cool. That's cool. So I guess as we wrap up with the last few questions, you know, what you you started your company in twenty seventeen. What advice would you give someone who would want who likes to who would want to start their own company? It doesn't have to be insurance related, but just in sure. general, like. First piece of advice that comes to mind. I mean, I think what I would, what I said early on in my early years of doing this, when new people came on, I I just said, you, you need to be fearless. You can't be afraid to make that phone call. You can't be afraid to walk into that business. It depends obviously on what, on what business you're doing, of course, but you can't be afraid to, to join a networking group. You can't be, it's just, it's, it's fearlessness combined with just consistent, almost tireless effort. Yeah. Because there's a, a litany of people in my business who just never get up and going. Because yeah. what I what I do is a hundred percent commission. You know, so right. the the just the consistent, fearless, tireless effort is what has has helped me. You know survive and grow what I, what I do. And I think that would apply. I think that would apply to, to most people, you know, starting their businesses, whatever it might be. No, I think that's a great answer to when you said join that networking group, like I was a part of BNI myself at one point and I just got thrown into it like six months in, there was an, there was an open seat, which there Mm -hmm. very rarely is for, you know, either of our professions. And, uh, I was like, I, you want me in the group? Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's been like six months <laughs> in the business. And like, hey, you you know, uh, I know the guy who introduced me to you. Uh, you know, I, he says you'd be a good fit. Yep. Like, okay. And I'm so glad I did it because over the next, right. I'd say like two and a half years, maybe three by now. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, definitely three by now. I just learned so much. One, just from networking, meeting more people. A couple of them become, you know, very good referral sources for me. Very good clients and friends of mine. 
Sure. Um, and then just the public speaking, like that helped talking in front of a group of people, which I was terrified yeah. to do. And I think it helps you tremendously. So I think joining something like that is a really, yeah. really good piece I, of advice. I could not agree more. And there's, yeah. and there are a ton, I've done BNI and there are today, there are a ton of other options out there. Yeah. Um, if, uh, so ask around and see, because everything you just described is what comes out of, you know, putting some effort into yeah. doing a network group. I, I know folks in in my BNI that I was in for about four years, there were folks who came in there absolutely terrified of standing up and doing their one minute commercial. That was me. <laughs> but, but, but over time, they became excellent at it and excellent at it. And that can only lend to, to other skills or just help you in your business elsewhere. And uh, I, I really, I call myself a serial networker and I believe in it wholeheartedly. And, and if anyone ever would want to pick my brain on how best to do it, I'd be more than happy to talk to them because it can really, really be um, a, a very effective tool for your business. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So if you could tell your 18 year old self one thing, that was 30 years ago. What would you tell them? Uh, start working for yourself. Uh, like yeah. I, I touched, I touched on it already, but I, I just fell into the grind of the W2 worker B from, for a huge part of my career in knowing what I know now. And in something I'm trying to instill in my kids as best I can is that to work for yourself and, and be your own boss is absolutely something I would tell my uh, the 18 year old self for sure. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't agree more, you know, truthfully, I just think you, even if, you know, somebody wants to go to college, like, even if you just take that gap year after high school and just like travel, try a couple businesses, like, you know, you can try, if you're 18, you can try and fail 10 different businesses in 10 years and you're still only 28 years old. Like you're so young, you know, like I'm, 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 I'm 37 and a half. And it's like, God, what would I give it to be 28? You know, people, mm-hmm. uh, you just don't realize like how young you are when you're 18 and how many, how much opportunity is just right in front of you for you to yeah. go. Yeah. You know, there, there, there is, thankfully, there's some voices out there who are preaching exactly, exactly that. Like, there's Gary Vaynerchuk on LinkedIn yeah. who's constantly telling that story. Yeah. And I, I applaud him all the time for yeah. what he's doing for the, what he's instilling in young people. And I think that, I think that could be a really good, you know, you know, harbor, it can really be a good forecast for what's coming down the pipe. Young people just doing their own thing. Uh, there's obviously plenty of examples of it right now in the real time. And God oh, yeah. bless them. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I 100% agree. All right. So last question, David, I've asked every single guest on Boston's Best this question. Everyone has a varying depiction of what success looks like to them. So how do you define success for yourself? Very simply in that if I am running my business ethically and honestly, and I'm helping people when they need it. For me, that's it. and obviously I'm able to feed my family. Keep yeah, over my of head. Of um, but you know, for me, I want to be known as the as the as the guy who's going to treat people right um, and uh, and run, run that business that is all about customer service focused. Uh, that to me is is defines my success. Love it. I think it's a phenomenal answer, uh, David. Thank you very much for coming on Boston's Best with Verdant Benefits. I appreciate the time, man. Thank you, Mark. Uh, You have a great rest of your day. 
Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thank you for checking out my podcast. I really do appreciate the love I've received for this show. I believe now more than ever, any exposure to local businesses is great for them to receive and I'm trying to do my part. If you are a local business owner or someone you know in the Boston area that would like to be featured on the podcast, please email me at bostonsbestpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow this podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on Instagram with the handle at Boston's Best underscore podcast, as well as Facebook at facebook.com backslash Boston's Best podcast. Again, I truly appreciate the great feedback for this show and stay tuned for each new episode every Friday at 8 a.m. Take care.